Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions, Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. They always have great auctions, 150 a year. They start back up again this week. They have auctions like vehicles, business liquidations, police seizures, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com, backslash MHS. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos, their big promotion is coming up this weekend. We've been talking about it for a while. You're either going to get a Kawasaki side-by-side with snow tracks or a little over $22,000 in cash. Get on up there, see how you can win. Sasquatch and Wildcard, a family-owned casino that honestly treats you like family. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. You would think that the Broncos will be in the market for a quarterback in the draft. The top three guys are absolutely going to be gone, and that is Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. They will likely go in the top five. Next couple of guys that might be looked at, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, and Michael Penix Jr. With that, before yesterday's game, Penix Jr., Bo Nix projected as second-round picks. Right. There have been, you know, some pretty good second-round picks who have been good quarterbacks, um, like Brett Favre yeah. comes to mind. Sure. Third round, you had Joe Montana. So you can always find a guy. Drew Locke. Oh, never mind. Okay. Let's move on from that. Mm. With that, if the Broncos are currently picking 14th in the draft. Yep. Now, we have this conversation all the time. I sure. Know, I know how you feel. You want the Broncos to win on Sunday. You want them to move up. You want them to move up in the draft if they lose. Or are you going to feel good about yourself for a day because they're now 9-8? and eight? Either way, Sean Payton's not going to tank. The players are not going to tank. No. And the way you root on television or at the stadium is not going to affect what is going to happen. <laughs> I certainly understand that. But with Michael Penix Jr., you have a guy, and I misspoke heading into the break. He will be 24 by the time the season starts. Yeah, in May. Right. With that, he is a guy who has had two ACL surgeries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had other injuries as sure. well. He played six years in college. But the guy is a tremendous talent. He looks like he checks every single box yeah. to be a terrific NFL quarterback. The problem with yesterday's game is, is that he was projected before the game as a second-round pick. Yesterday's game on a big stage, one game doesn't make a player. Never judge a guy on his worst day. Never judge a guy on his best day. Right. But it was one hell of a day. Yeah. It really, really was. And I will be stunned if Michael Penix Jr. is not taken in the first round. Yeah. Where in the first round becomes the question. Um, And he's got another... He's got a game against an Alabama defense or or Michigan defense that obviously is going to present different challenges coming up next week. Um, So he'll get another full national exposure game, um, standalone game, which will be fantastic. A lot of eyes will be on him. I hope he plays well. I hope he plays poorly. I I hope he gets the crap kick because after what happened yesterday in the national championship game, if he has a poor game, Maybe he doesn't rise as high in the draft. Just I, I just people tend to be impressed 
with shiny objects. I'm with you yeah, on that. I, I, so I don't want there to be the lure of a shiny object in which he goes for 400 yards and four touchdowns mm-hmm. against Michigan. Yeah. I don't want to see that. And, oh, by the way, and you and I talked about in the last hour, there are a lot of – we know who needs quarterbacks. Yeah, there's a lot of teams. That, yeah, yeah. But, but because where there seems to be – you have your top three guys, then it seems to be a pretty significant drop-off mm-hmm. for whatever reason, okay? So we know when looking at the draft, the Bears are going to take Caleb Williams. Now, they will likely trade Justin Fields, mm-hmm. so that's one team that will have a quarterback, right? It's one right. team that will have a quarterback. But I am guessing the Bears will get the, won't have the first pick, but they'll probably have a pick someplace else in the top 10, I am guessing, right? Because they have the 10th pick currently. Yeah. They have the first pick. They're going to take Caleb Williams. Then they're going to trade, you know, Justin Fields. Yeah. But let's look at the teams that do probably need quarterbacks that are currently ahead of the Broncos if Penix shoots up the draft board. We know the Bears are probably going to take Caleb Williams. Washington needs a quarterback. New England needs a quarterback. Then, Let's count it off. If Penix is really that great, Arizona might say, you know what? Kyler Kyler Murray might not be our guy. I don't know if that'll happen. We'll see. That's one potential team. Think the Giants are dying to stick with Daniel Jones, who's injured? Probably not. Maybe. We will see. Um, The Jets are looking for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. They will be. Atlanta will probably be looking for a quarterback. No question. That's four. Las Vegas will be looking for a quarterback. That's five. Minnesota's going to be looking for a quarterback. That's six, unless they re-sign Kirk Cousins coming off a torn ACL. That is six teams who'd be more than happy to take a stronger look at Michael Penix if he shoots up the draft board. That is six teams ahead of the Broncos, and the Broncos need a quarterback, too. Three of them will obviously be taken care of by the draft. One of them will be taken care of, we think, by Justin uh, Fields being being drafted or being traded. So let's say I would imagine. So let's say the Jets get Justin Fields. That's still five teams ahead yeah. of the Broncos, right? So I mean, you know, it, but it none of this matters. It doesn't matter who you like, I like, Alex likes, anybody out there in Broncos country likes. It matters what Sean Payton likes now. Well, Sean Payton might not have that choice because the guys he might like might be gone. Right. And in, in which case, then he goes probably to plan B, which he may be going to anyway, which is a low level free agent. Wow. Hey, I mean, l- let's just start getting real about where we are now. Right. Do you honestly believe that this, the way we sit here right now, knowing the salary cap hell they're going to be in? And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, I said this to you during break. I believe Sean Payton left the Saints for two reasons. One, he lost Drew Brees. Pretty good reason. Number two, when he left, the Saints were $74 million over the salary cap. That was an NFL record at the time. And while They're going to break it now. <laughs> well, if they, if they eat it for one right, year. Yeah, right. If they eat it for one year, which would be $85 million. <laughs> Now, that is not... <clears throat> Peyton's responsibility because that was a contract. Wasn't on his hump, right? It wasn't. But Wilson isn't his guy, so he does play a role in it. Right. Of course. But it's not totally his fault. No. So now, 
He doesn't have a quarterback. We'll see what happens in the draft. But again, Penix shoots up the draft board. Somebody's going to take him. Yeah. Well, we don't know about. Now, you can wait for Bo Nix to the second round. But I have no idea where he looks, how he looks. It doesn't like matter. It doesn't matter. They don't have a second round. Right. Pick. And they had it until they traded for Sean Payton. Yeah. So they don't have a second round pick to wait for Bo Nix. Now, they could trade back if they want to and mm-hmm. compile picks. It wouldn't surprise me if they do that. If they believe a Bo Nix or a J.J. McCarthy slide, they might trade back, pick up some capital instead of having six picks. Now, maybe they have eight. There are ways to potentially get it done. But if Penix shoots up, he's off the board. And we don't even know if what Sean thinks about Penix. No idea. I have no idea what he, how he looked at. I'm sure he watched that game last night. I, I will bet you dollars to donuts that he did because he's a football junkie. Um, and that's a very applicable guy to... Any team's potential plans. I mean, you cannot watch a guy like Penix Jr. last night and say, wow, this guy is intriguing. Yeah. Right? You can't. I mean, he's earned that, for God's sakes. He's had two great years at Washington. He's, a, he's, he's by all accounts, a, a tremendous teammate. Um, he's a guy that Kalen DeBoer went back and got. He, they worked with each other at Indiana. Then DeBoer ended up going to Fresno State. Then when he ended up circling back and looking for a quarterback at Washington, he went and got uh, Penix to come to the University of Washington. And look at what they've done. 10-2 and two and, what, 14-0 and 0 now? I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. But I have no idea whether Sean Payton looks at him and says, hmm, yeah, let's move heaven and earth to get that guy. I don't know. I don't know. I know this. He had a guy like Russell Wilson. And five or six weeks into the season, he was trying to basically get him to remove a clause in his contract. No, he wasn't. He wasn't privy to any of that contract yeah, stuff. Of course he wasn't. Of course he wasn't. That's what he said. Of course he wasn't. You believe him? Well, no. I mean, of course not. Of course not. If you believe, if you believe that he was willing to give all of the keys in the kingdom to George Payton, and that if George Payton had come back to him and said, hey, Sean, I know you don't know this, but I had this discussion with Russ, and you're going to need to bench him. You, you know what the Broncos need to do? They need to hook up. Now, listen, generally speaking, most executives and coaches and players, to a certain extent, don't tell the truth. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I, I get it. It's they like, spin things. It, things get spun. Okay. Right. I got you. All politicians lie. Okay. We get that. Okay. But Peyton takes it to a whole new level. There's a difference between stretching the truth, plausible deniability, and then just a flat out lie. I wasn't privy to his contract. Really? That's silly. You didn't know this was going on, that this was asked? Really? So what I think that the Broncos should do is that during all the press conferences moving forward, as Sean Payton is standing next to Compete Street, which is right there where he takes the podium. I lean on it every day. Okay, I bet you do. I do lean on Compete Street. With that, I think that they need to, I think they need to hook up. Oh, God, here we go. Sean Payton to some electrodes. No. And every time he doesn't tell the truth, I mean, an egregious lie, like I wasn't privy, Patrick Smythe or Eric Schubert or, or one of the PR guys 
just give him a little buzz. And then you see his eyes pop, and then you know that he wasn't telling the truth. And then he just went, I'm not saying like a, a hard charge. I'm not on board Of with an that. electric shock, but just, we already know this. I don't need electroshock therapy or waterboarding well, well, or anything well, like that. Electric I just sho- don't need no, that. Electric shock therapy makes you forget about things. I'm not saying send a surge into him where he forgets things. I'm saying just give him a gentle reminder. Everybody knows you're lying. I don't think Sean cares. I just don't think he cares. That, that's why I believe he should be hooked up to something. Oh, I, or I, I'm not. I'm not joining you on that. Or, either. or what he should do is he should call Mike Shanahan, who is still in town, who actually worked with, and you weren't here for this Mm-mm. when David Kirkus got in trouble, former wide receiver mm-hmm. for assault. He said that he had a friend who hooked up David Kirkus to a polygraph machine. Really? Yes. Wow. To which I was called into Shanahan's office for talking about this. That's a whole different conversation. I, who what, doesn't have a lie detector laying around? Just lying around. Like who, who doesn't have like, like Jack Burns and Meet the Parents? I, yeah, absolutely. So what I think we should do is we should put a monitor. Okay, no electric shock therapy. We should put a monitor, and the Broncos are capable of affording one, mm-hmm. like a big jumbotron. But yeah. It doesn't have to be that big Greg Penner, just a small little monitor. Put it over Sean's head. And then we can just watch the uh... we can watch the needles move. So instead of instead of shocking him, we could just watch the polygraph in real time. Well, how's that sound? Sure. I am very interested to see what path we move down. On one hand, there is a part of me that looks at what Sean Payton has done and says, you know what? You go into the last you were in the playoff hunt up until the last two weeks of the season, you got a chance to be, and I know this doesn't mean much to you, but it means something in that locker room unless guys are lying to me, and I talked to about 15 of them on after the game. They want to win. They want to win. And is is this team better? Well, according to the record, they are. They are. Is, Is their defense better than it was last season? Yes. Okay. I think they are better than they were last season. Do I think even with the even with the issues early in the year? Yes, the offense is better just by default. Yes, you would think it couldn't get any worse. Right, and they but, are better. But they he, are. But even Sean was honest, and I'll mm-hmm. give him credit for this. He called his his offense average to below average. Right, he is right about that, and I appreciate that candor. However, I don't appreciate the reason for replacing Wilson. Jarrett Stidham is going to give you a spark. Um, not in the truest sense, but will a difference make him? Will it matter? And maybe it will on Sunday. I don't think it mattered tremendously on uh, against the Chargers. That's a game the Broncos really should have won, regardless. What was Teddy Bridgewater's nickname? Do you remember? The number two is in it. Teddy Two Gloves. Remember? Oh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, there is now going to be a nickname for Jared Stidham. Stidham two games. He gets gets the final two games of every season. Sure. He got the final two games with the Raiders. (laughs) He's getting the final two games here. Yeah. And what did that get him? Nothing. What got him a new contract here? 
Which is good. And and he's under contract through next year. So that's that's right. I guess that's good. That's a that's right? a good that's a good I, thing. It's a good thing for him. It's probably a good thing at this point for the Broncos. It's a good thing for Sean Payton right now. Let's not forget Jarrett Stidham is there because Sean Payton hired him. It wasn't a guy that he inherited. It was a guy that he went out and sought and right. paid. So we'll see. Uh, and outbid teams. And outbid teams for him. He, he right. sure did. Yeah. So, uh, look, I, I'll be, I just, he could have played this a lot differently, but he was obviously so exasperated by the challenges of running the offense right. with Russell Wilson that he said the hell with it, even re, even understanding all of the crap that he'd have to deal with for the next but, but here's the thing. few years. Here's the thing. Let's hit a break in a minute. Wouldn't you have appreciated Sean Payton saying, listen, Russell does some good things, but he's just not right for my offense. Maybe. And he and maybe he did in so many words at, at, at times. I don't think Sean was publicly unfair to Russ. I, you but he know, took little digs along he, the way. Uh, yes, there, there are always digs, but I don't know. I mean, you the, know what it was? I, is I, that I, un, is that that unusual well, here, between coach and and player? I, I've accused him of not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, and again, wasn't privy to these conversations. That's a good example. We replaced Wilson, so he gives us a spark. Talking about Sid, both were just bold faced lies. Now he did tell the truth about how he felt about the offense, and that's fine. But I, I wish he would have handled some things differently. And what he was, and the funny thing is, here's the irony about all of this. And I don't mean to get too deep into the psychology. Sean Payton is not afraid to tell you what he thinks. Ask anybody in the Broncos building how they feel about Sean Payton. Because he's not going to win any popularity contests. He would get the gag gift. For a secret Santa. Well, he was pleased that the media said, you know, happy birthday to him. Yeah. Not really. Did you hear him as he walked off last week? Hey, thanks for wishing me happy birthday. I I just got a big chuckle out of that. But here's the thing. For as direct as he is, and you can make the case, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Although you can make the case he throws people under the bus as well. With Wilson, he was completely passive aggressive. Goes against everything with who he is. He is a direct guy like Parcells. Mm-hmm. He tells you what he thinks. Unless he just gives you a bold face line. Yeah. With Russell Wilson, this entire year, he was passive aggressive. Basically blamed him for the commander's loss. Right? And then took little shots along the way. I wanted to talk to Joe Montana. I didn't want to have to listen to Russell Wilson talk to me. Why is Russell Wilson bothering my friend, Drew Brees? Little shots along the way. Passive aggressive you could see this coming with little things that he said i just would have appreciated him just being more direct and saying you know what i did my best with russell he's just not the right guy for the offense i'm trying to run coming up after the break a lot of this started because of a complete hot mess that the national media got a hold of where wilson was allegedly told either dump your injury clause and you're going to be benched or you have to move it. Depending on what you believe, it was a bad look for Greg Penner. That's next. 
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at Reach us Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, Roller Auctions, over 150 auctions a year for vehicles, business liquidations, tools, construction equipment, and more. All the auctions done online. Never have to leave your home. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Bounce Empire in Lafayette, a 50,000-square-foot indoor amusement park for adults, kids, and families reimagined. I don't think we necessarily need to rehash what happened last week with what the Broncos allegedly asked Wilson to do. Then Wilson came out and said, you know what? They said they were going to bench me unless I moved this injury clause, yada, yada, yada. The Athletic, um, I think it was Sando, Mike Sando did an interview for The Athletic. I believe that's him. And he talked to a NFL executive, and this is what the NFL executive said about the Broncos allegedly threatening to bench Wilson if he refused to alter his injury guarantee in his contract. This guy said, anonymous source, 15 years ago, the quarterback would sit quiet and try and get on another team. When you mistreat a guy like Wilson, that's not going to happen. I think Sean messed with the wrong guy because Wilson told the story. And I was in Scottsdale when I heard this, Mm -hmm. and I was like, damn, Wilson, who is as nice as can be and is as complimentary of people as can be. He didn't go after the Broncos. He just said it very matter-of-factly. Yeah. And that almost didn't happen. Um, It took some very strong cajoling slash uh, arm twisting to get him to talk uh, because there was a very real concern that this season could go by the boards and we wouldn't have heard from Russell Wilson. Um, That, Pressure was applied very nicely by Jeff Legwald, um, ESPN senior writer, uh, who uh, is, for my money, the leading guy out there covering the Broncos. Is just and there's a bunch of them that are Troy really ranks great. That are they're all fantastic. Yep. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. But Jeff Legwald has been around the block right. many many times, uh, and kudos to to our friend. Uh, but more importantly, uh, to a guy that did the right thing and got got Russ to be able to talk. And and the ir- irony is that it was fifteen. It was the best fifteen minutes of Russ talking to us in two years. So with that, hmm. crazy. If this, I don't know, NFL executive is right, should Peyton be worried that with what Wilson said, free agents are looking at this like? Huh, you know what? If they're willing to do that to Russell Wilson to twist his arm to get rid of things in a signed contract in which the NFLPA and the NFL had to get involved, why am I going to go play for Sean Payton? And no, not George Payton, not Greg Penner. Sean can tell us all he wants to. He didn't, he's not familiar, not privy to the contract that, that Russell Wilson had. We know that he is familiar with it. I, I, I will say this with absolute clarity, that there are many people in that Broncos organization that are either afraid or don't like Sean Payton Mm -hmm. with the way he allegedly treats them from what I've been told, but as then that is not seeped in necessarily into the locker room yet. 
he still has the locker room. But after how this story with Russ was handled, and players hear about it in the locker room, and then Kareem Jackson. Which is, by the way, an afterthought for so many people. With after the way Kareem Jackson, who is incredibly well-liked Very well. in that locker room, yep. you have two captains that are essentially kicked to the curb. Do you think that now, with the way people outside the locker room feel about him in the same building, do you think there is a chance that this is now seeping into the locker room with Sean Payton? I, I think there is. Yes, I do. I, I think it. I don't know how you couldn't. If you are a guy in that locker room and, okay, you lose a game that essentially removes you from all playoff consideration, but then within the course of two days, you've got a team that you're playing for and a head coach that you're playing for who has essentially shipped out a captain, defensive captain, uh, 14-year veteran that's very highly respected, 12-year veteran, captain on the offense, generally generally respected. Um, how does that not make you say, hey, wait a minute? How, how, how are you supposed to? You can't totally react to that's just business in the NFL. There is, there are some pangs of humanity there. Like, are you doing the guy the right way or the wrong way? And if you're doing them the wrong way, why would I be any different? I think it's a totally natural question that you would have, that I would have, that anyone would have if you see guys like that being treated that way in your locker room. Kareem Jackson was as liked and as respected yes, as T.J. Ward. Oh, wow. And how did it go over in the locker room when T.J. Ward got released? That was not a good thing. No, it wasn't a good thing. Now, that happened at the beginning of the season in September. This is happening with Kareem at the end of the season. There'll be new guys in the locker room. Feelings Mm -hmm. will change. Of course. But the guys who are still there will remember it. I don't think Sean Payton has lost the locker room. No, no, I don't either. Not one bit. Nope. But. With the way the contract was handled, the the NFLPA getting involved, NFL getting involved, a letter being written, possible lawsuit coming. I'm guessing those players know that Sean Payton's behind it. It's not George Payton. It's not Greg Penner. It is Sean Payton. Do you think there's one player in that locker room that when he hears Sean Payton saying, I'm just not privy to those types of conversations? They, Where do you think their level of belief? They that know. Is? They know Sean is behind. Of now, now let, let's be honest here. If we're going to be completely fair, if I'm the Broncos, I I uh, I want him to move or take that out too. They have a right to ask. Mm-hmm. They can, but you can't threaten somebody's job. No, you can't with it. And I think that's where it crossed the line because someone is going to think, "My next? Are they going to threaten my job? Is this potentially going to go to litigation?" Is that the way Sean Payton operates? Because it's, no, I don't think anyone's looking at George Payton that way. I don't think anyone's looking at Greg Penner that way. It's Sean Payton. And then you throw on Kareem Jackson. And yes, we can mask this all that winning cures everything because they're going to finish at least eight and nine or nine and eight. Even in this case, I don't think the improvement that they made this year 
is going to mask what just happened. Not with the guys in that locker room. No. I think that they I, I think that they respect the X's and O's of Sean Payton. Yes. And but I don't I don't think there are some guys in that locker room that trust him. And that there's a big difference between the two. And the challenges of the next two seasons are going to be and, and, and we have plenty of time as the week unfolds to get into that. I, I, I don't, when I say I chuckle a little bit when I hear, Hey, you know, they're, they're finishing eight and nine or nine and eight. Right. I mean, this is a, this is some real improvement. We're headed in the right direction. You're not necessarily headed in the right direction. The direction you're headed in is salary cap, dead cap, hell with no quarterback. That's what you, that's basically what you're looking at now. And, and. And this makes it even worse. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. If they have to, if they eat it all in one year, mm. that'd be a lot. But even if they eat it over two years, two years. okay, yeah, you're going to probably either have to cut or trade Garrett Bowles, cut or trade DJ Jones, cut or trade Tim Patrick, Allen Powers, McGlinchey might have to restructure. You have a lot of maneuvering to do to get through this. Coming up after the break, Sean Payton said last week, Stidham replaced. Russell Wilson, to get a spark. And then admitted, and we appreciate this honesty, offense has been average to below average. I asked him about that at yesterday's press conference. Did you see a spark against the Chargers? Did this offense get better against the Chargers? Sean's reaction is next. Go to Vegas, stay up on it. See if we can find a cheap flight. Little seven come 11, baby, roll those dice. Do I make you feel pretty? Do I make you want to lean back, lay back and kiss me? Do you want to roll with me to the mountain, to the beast? Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the uh, Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. They always have great auctions, including uh, stuff for vehicles, tools, construction equipment, and more. Auctions start again this week. We'll tell you more about them tomorrow. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Last week, Sean Payton said he replaced Russell Wilson to get a spark with Stidham. He said that his offense was average to below average this season. So I said to him at yesterday's press conference, did he see that spark? Offense look any better, Sean? Fair question. I, I think this... Um, and the comments last week were really a sum total of, um, of what, 15 games. Um, and yet uh, there were some things I was real encouraged about yesterday. Certainly, um, if we're going to measure it week by week, you'd say, man, we scored under 20 points. That wasn't enough. We missed out on opportunities in the red zone. Um, but we were safe with the football. Um, certainly, we look forward to this next game. But that was – 
that was a stretch. That was a, a long stretch of 15 weeks where we'd seen a very similar pattern. Um, I think I think that'll change, um, and I, you know, I made the decision with the hopes that that's going to help bring change. Uh, there's no guarantee that that does. But in the meantime, it's something that uh, I felt was necessary. Yeah, it was an absolute fair question. Uh, and he's right. You've got a 15-week case study that is going to be obviously quite a bit different than anything that Jared Stidham does in two weeks. It's the small things that Sean Payton is looking for. He said in that bite that he was encouraged by some things, generally ball stability, uh, consistency, uh, things of that nature. Uh, He didn't score any more points. There was no real spark in the offense. But if there were things that were done within the offense that he was encouraged by. um, Intermediate passes. Is the middle of the field open for business? Is uh, Can we run some slants? Can we... Uh, do some things more from the pocket. If you're checking those boxes, that's progress for him. That probably is different for than what most of us would look at as progress. Was this going to be a 30 point explosion, 35 point explosion? I wouldn't have bet again, uh, bet on it uh, going into it. But the way the chargers defenses played over the previous two <laughs> games before they played the Broncos, which they've gotten absolutely boat raced. Yeah. I would have think they would have scored more than 16 points. Even with Jared, Smith. I said thirty. Would you have you would have taken? Would you have taken the over on thirty? No, I would. Okay, I would have. Would I? I would have taken over twenty. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm and, that, and that touchdown that they did score, Jordan Humphrey made a great individual play. Stidham climbed the pocket, made that pass. All that is good, but but he barely made it to the end zone. If he got stopped at the three, yeah, he, they might have kicked a field goal for all we know, or <laughs> right, whatever. Right? right. I mean, no, I'm with you. On the surface, there you look at it and say, huh, that's much ado about nothing. In fact, the irony is that the stats from the way that Russ beat the Chargers and the way that Stidham beat the Chargers are not more than virtually. They're almost exactly the same stat line. It's incredible. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on Sunday, and then we'll move forward with Jarrett Stidham in some shape or fashion. He's going to be on the roster, we would imagine. He is your starter next year. Right now, he's your starting That's quarterback. That's exactly for next year. right. That's exactly right. And the question becomes: Does Sean feel better about winning games with Jarrett Stidham than he did Russell Wilson? And does Jarrett Stidham fit better than Russell Wilson did the offense that? Sean so desperately wants to run. Here's another way to put it. You have Russell Wilson making over 40 mil, or actually next year making, what, 35 next year? Yeah, 30, yeah, 37, something like that, right? Or you get Stidham for $5 million. I would take Stidham, too, Yeah, if you're going to get the same sure. thing. Right. Yeah. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? The Avalanche have won four of their last five, and we'll discuss the wild ending to the Cowboys-Lions game from Saturday night. That's all next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports.
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, Roller Auctions. There's over 150 auctions a year. They start back up this week. We'll tell you more about them tomorrow. They have auctions for, like, police seizures, tools, construction equipment, business liquidations, vehicles, and more. All the auctions are done online. You do it from the comfort of your own home. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running or order online at argonautliquor.com. Alrighty, just in case you missed it, the Avs have won four of their last five with their only loss being an embarrassing one as they couldn't hold a 4-0 lead against the Coyotes, losing 5-4 in overtime. Nathan McKinnon continues to be the driving force as he is in second in the NHL in points with 58 and leads the league in assists with 39. Uh, your thoughts on the Avalanche and how they have been playing? Still plenty of questions, but let's just be honest about where they are. Third best record in the NHL. They're tied for the top spot in the NHL's Western Conference. I mean, I suppose we can split hairs, and I leave that obviously um, to their to the hair splitters, to the hair splitters, uh, coaching staff, etc. They can figure that out. Georgiev had three of his four best starts of the month of December in his last four games. He was really good. That was my concern. The last time we chatted about this a couple of weeks ago was I just wasn't seeing consistency in his performance but i see pretty good building blocks right now for uh for bednar to uh, to put this team on and nathan mckinnon is playing on another level yep that's all i got for you not much to add to that all right just in case you missed it the week 17 primetime matchup between the cowboys and lions brought some controversy as it appears the lions had converted a two-point conversion to take a one-point lead but lineman Taylor Decker, who caught the two-pointer, was ruled as an ineligible receiver, nullifying the conversion. Dan Campbell then still went for the two-pointer. The Lions did not convert and lost 20-19. to Lots of talk after the game about the officiating crew messing up. Who reported as eligible? Uh, what did you think about the wild finish to this one? Could directly affect the playoffs. Yeah, no question, right? I mean, my goodness. I mean, the Cowboys, after what's going on in Philadelphia right now, right, and they look like a team that doesn't have their stuff together. Nope. Uh, Cowboys are a great team at home. Terrible on the road, but they might get a bunch of home games. And again, they might have to finish up on the road in San Francisco. Anytime that the way the game is officiated is talked about more than the game itself, you've got issues. There were issues about that game. I think they uh, got downgraded for the playoffs. They were. So. And, and and rightfully so. All right, just in case you missed it, 
In the Carolina Panthers shutout loss at the Jaguars on Sunday, their owner Dave Tepper was caught on video throwing a drink at, ja at a Jaguars fan from his suite during the frustrating loss. Uh, this is obviously unacceptable behavior, especially coming from a billionaire owner. After seeing this video, do you think Tepper is unfit to own an NFL team? Well, let me ask you something. I don't know what this Jaguars fan was saying at him. But why should David Tepper be different than, honestly, any other fan if, let's say, this fan was MFing him and his family and his wife and saying inappropriate things? I'm not saying that's what happened. But if I could act that way and Bruce can act that way and you can act that way, what does it matter if he owns the team or he's a billionaire? What does that have to do with anything? If somebody makes it personal and maybe it, if it was personal... I would have done the same thing. And honestly, I wouldn't have blamed David Tepper for doing it all. It doesn't matter how much money he has in the bank. It doesn't matter that it's, he's the owner of the team. And oh, by the way, he didn't throw a drink at his own fan. He threw it at another team's fan, which if I am a fan of the Panthers, I'm thinking, good for you, David. Mm. Thanks for sticking up for us. I'm just giving you a totally different potential hypothetical scenario. Regardless of that, there's better ways to express yourself than throwing a drink at someone. I would rather have him throw a drink than jump into the stands and start a fist fight. Then again, he'd probably get wailed on by that fan. I would rather have neither, but that's just me. I just think that fans, honestly, feel that they have the right because they buy a ticket yep. to say whatever the heck they want to, and it is their right. You know what? There's a reason why you're so angry. Because your life sucks. Maybe your wife doesn't love you. Oh, Maybe things aren't going well at home. Maybe things are not going well at work. That's where a lot of this stuff comes from. That you feel, because your life isn't going well, that you have bought and earned the right to say awful things to other people. Get your own house in order. And maybe you are that guy where everything's going great. You're just upset about a play. But truthfully... You're projecting your frustration and your anger onto somebody else because your life isn't going very well. And you know what? Why not do it at a billionaire owner? Because that makes me feel good about myself. Still be it beyond throwing a drink at someone if you're a billionaire owner or anyone, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'll tell you why he threw the drink. He has more than enough money to buy another one. I wouldn't waste vodka on Maybe it else. was a poor mix. Maybe it was a poor, you know, it was a bad pour. I don't know. That's a lot possible. of reasons. That was our Out Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Always great specials, specifically on wine at Argonaut Wine and Liquor for the new year. See why they're the best in town. See why Westward calls them the best in town. Five years running. Check them out off of Colfax. Order online at ArgonautLiquor.com or order off their app. That is going to do it for us. Great job, Gordon. Great job, Alex. Great job, Bruce. Happy New Year. Coming in after us, David Hurlbut to brag about how his Cowboys beat the Lions. Hey, he may get some more home games because of it. He might. And then he they have, might. And then they get to go to San Francisco and get whacked. Oh, stop it. That's next. You rain on Prater.